Broadcasting from the Crooked Wireless Studios. 98.3 The Vibe. KWQW. Boone Des Moines. That's what I'm talking about. A cumulus hip-hop station. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is now that time. Time for the Image Show on 98.3 The Vibe. We're back on The Image Show. My name's Robert Pate, president and founder of The Image Program. And uh, I just want to recap a little bit about what we talked about last week. So we went into my life story. We talked about how I went from prison to praise after serving 11 consecutive years for nonviolent drug charges in the Iowa Department of Corrections. I got out, hit the ground running. The Image Program is not only in the community, it actually started in prison, a North Central Correctional Facility. It is still alive and active in the institution and recognized by the Iowa Board of Parole. Just to recap a little bit about my story, I went to Johnston High School from first grade to graduation played basketball in high school, ultimately received a full-ride scholarship to play at North Iowa Area Community College, and then continued a full-ride scholarship at the University of Hawaii at Hilo. After four years of college, I then went overseas, played, hit the real world, and made terrible choices. Those choices ultimately landed me in prison where I discovered my self-identity. And for all those people that are out there right now, keep in mind that you do not have to go to prison in order to discover self-identity. In fact, that's what the Image Program is about, is we are in the community uh, looking to save lives. We are a re-entry program, but we're not limited to re-entry. We also want to help the youth. We want to help families. Uh, we want to help other programs. We're looking to partner uh, with anybody that's doing something positive. So let me move forward now into what we have on today's show. Today, we'll start off with Calvetta Williams, a.k.a. Puff, who is the founder and director for Mothers Against Violence. Uh, Puff has gone through some ups and downs in her life after becoming the director and having a lot of positive success. She was hit with the storm of the criticism that came with the success. And this criticism did not only come from friends, it also came from uh, media, from whoever. And so we are here to support her. As a woman of God, we want to see her get her establishments back. We feel that all the good that she's done doesn't compare to any of the accusations uh, that she's accused of. And so we want to make sure that we just uh, are supporters of anybody that's trying to make positive changes in the community. So we will have Calvetta on the show. Following Calvetta, we will also have Dr. DeJore. And uh, Mr. DeJore is the director of the Evelyn K. Davis Center, which is a nonprofit 501c3 organization in the Des Moines community. And the Evelyn K. Davis Center, I can tell you not only as an observer, but as an employee, the Evelyn K. Davis Center is probably the hottest thing in Des Moines right now. I mean, you can go in there and get a job. You can go in there and get a resume. You can go in there and start a program. You can go in there and get all kinds of free information and resources, basically to do whatever you want. You're looking for a loan. You're looking for uh, 
business assets. I mean, anything that you're looking to do, the Evelyn K. Davis has for you. And, and this is an exaggeration. I remember just yesterday there was a job fair and I believe Hy-Vee, People Ready, and there were a couple others I can't remember. But I mean, these people were just hiring people right on the spot. Felons, ex-offenders. I mean, they were walking in there just getting hired. And I thought to myself, my goodness, is this real? I mean, these people were actually walking out with jobs for $13 an hour, $16 an hour. And it was like, okay, where's the rest of the world at? Can anybody see this? I mean, I even snuck back to my office and just put a quick little uh, note on Facebook and said, hey, uh, Hy-Vee is up here hiring $13 an hour. Anybody looking for a job, come up. Come up here. Come to the Evelyn K. Davis Center. Yeah, it was real. So we've got Dr. DeJour, the director of the Evelyn K. Davis here, and he's going to uh, tell you a little bit about what the Evelyn K. Davis does and just give us a little bit more insight. We also have Joanna Davis. Joanna is a female pastor who has a tremendous story to tell. She's on fire for the Lord. I just love her spirit. She's a supporter of the Image Program. Let me move forward now. Today, we'll start off with Calvetta Williams, a.k.a. Puff. So, Calvetta Williams, it's nice to have you on the show. We call you Puff. Can you tell us a little bit about... your story, a little bit about Mothers Against Violence, uh, kind of the ups and downs, uh, where you went, where you started, where you're at. Started Mothers Against Violence in 2013, but before I started Mothers Against Violence, my friend Marion Harris, he was murdered. So when he got murdered, looking at his mother, his sister, I felt I needed to stand up and do something. I just didn't know actually, you know, what, what to do. So I said, I can pray. I pray anyway, so I went home and I prayed and I prayed and prayed for a couple months like I know I'm supposed to be doing something, you know. I asked the Lord to show me what I'm supposed to do. Every prayer I asked the Lord, like, show me what I'm supposed to do. So a couple months later, uh, another young man was murdered, Rashad Adair, and I went to Rashad's service. And at his service, Pastor Billy Young was speaking, and he said, who's going to stand up and do something? You know, he, were, he was talking about the violence. Who's going to be that change? And so it hit me at the service. I don't know if God spoke to me. I don't know if something got in me, but I felt it. And I, I'm shouting inside, wanting to tell Pastor Young, like me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something. So after Rashad's service, I went and found Pastor Young, and I said, Pastor Young, like I have a, a, a young man, and I'm worried. I have a daughter. I'm worried, and I don't want to be that mother. I don't want to be Rashad's mother. I don't want to be Marion's mother. I don't want to bury my son. I don't want to bury my daughter. And at the time, my kids, you know, they were out in the streets. So, you know, tell them, like, I give them the best advice I can give them, but they're kids, and, and they choose not to listen to me some, some days. And so I said, I, I could just pray for them. So when I was talking to Pastor Young, he said, um, you know, who see if any of your friends— you know, want to do something. So I took it to Facebook and I I put a post on Facebook and I said, you know, I'm going to meet with Pastor Young this Saturday at at his church. Who who wants to come with me? I don't know what I'm going to do, but I got to do something. I don't want to bury my son. I don't want to bury my daughter. So a few of my friends got on that post and said, 
hey, we'll go with you. We don't know what we're going to do either. But, hey, we got kids, and we don't want to bury our kids either. So we met that Saturday. You know, we had some discussion, some discussions about, you know, all the violence that was occurring in our city. And we said, well, yes, we we we, we need to do something. We're mothers. And actually, a, a guy was there who was a father. You know, he said, you know, do you have to be a mother? And we like, no, anybody can, you know, be part of mothers. Well, we didn't have a name, actually. We discussed it and discussed what we were going to do. And through those meetings, a name was thrown out there and it was Mothers Against Violence. And a couple more meetings, we said we we were going to have a, a walk, you know, to honor the victims, to remember the victims and to get these families out and, you know, to try to get our community to stand up with us because we're. We're only about five of us, five people, so. Did you have any idea throughout this time that a program was actually in the midst of being made? No, no. I was just a mother, a daycare provider, a mother who didn't want to bury their child and was sick and tired of lives being lost. And then once lives are lost, then nothing is Nothing happens. One thing I know, uh, Calvetta, is that we watched you in prison. You know, while I was in prison looking at that little 12-inch TV, I remember seeing you on the news. And a lot of us guys from Des Moines, we would always just talk about it and say, hey, wow, man, this girl's she's really stepping up. She's doing some big things. Now, everyone knew you as one of the most kind-hearted person in the world. I mean, who would give, you know, their left shoe to anyone that needed it. And so then all of a sudden to hear that you're being called all these different names and, uh, you know, to, to, to hear that uh, the media is, is you know, we, we looked on the news, we see, oh, Calvetta Williams, child endangerment. And the first thing that we thought was, oh, they're just trying to find a reason to shut this girl's program down. Or they're just trying to find a reason. I mean, it would have been different if we would have heard something like, you know, there was a murder case or, you know, there was a a stabbing and, and Calvetta did it. But we heard, you know, child endangerment. And then it says something like a scratch or something was on a child or something. And somebody said that you did. I mean, this kind of stuff. I'm, and I don't want to call it, you know, petty or I don't want to get too far into to what you have going on. In, but this just seems so ironic that it was it was like fabricated information to try to get you thrown off your square and try to take away what you started. And I don't know if you made some other mistakes down the road and this was just something that they used to try to say, okay, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, she's getting too big for her britches. Let's try to, uh, you know, throw something, Shut try to up. stop. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know what it was, but I mean, to say, I don't know either. Yeah. I don't know either. All I know is I've been in a, a night, a bad dream. For a year and a month, I don't know. I was just as shocked as you when I see my face on, on the news. I, I can't talk about my case because it's still pending. I'm still fighting to clear my name. All I know is I'm, I, I was in shock. I was hurt. I was down for a few months. You know, I've, I lost everything. Like my life was good. You know, that's what why I say just remain humble. And pray, because in the end, that's all you have. 
you know, since right. since this has happened, like I said, I lost everything. I lost my kids for four months. I couldn't speak to my kids. I couldn't see my kids. As a mother, not That's being able to see your son. Wow. First day of kindergarten, not being able to call your kids and say happy birthday. And then I look like I'm mothers against violence. What the heck? Like... How could this happen to you? How could this happen to me? You know, how? I, I, I still, I know I shouldn't question it. You know, you're not supposed to question, you know, some things. Well, I want to, I just want to encourage you to make sure that you keep 100% your, your trust, your focus in God because n- nothing happens. Oh, I, my trust is completely with him. But, you know, if, if I had to be honest for a minute, I lost, I, I lost my faith. I'm like, sure. I lost my faith. And I I went back to praying. When I first started Mothers Against Violence, I went to praying, like, and you know, and I slowly gained it back, you know. But when you just see your face on the news, like, you know that's not you. You know that's not, not you. You know, like I say, I went from throwing events in the community, free events where kids come. And then when something like this happens, you don't get no calls. Everyone backs away from you, you know. You know, especially when this kind of, when you're accused of this kind of crime, like, it just hurt me to the core. It still hurts me because my whole life, since I was a teenager, since I was a kid, I have always took care of someone's kid. I have, that's my whole livelihood. And to have everything, your kids, your home, your car, and those are material things. I can regain those. But to have your name drugged through the mud, you know, on well, the news every day. I want to tell you, and I just want to encourage you to remember that nothing happens by coincidence. And when I say that, I mean that I truly believe this is going to be uh, an episode to your testimony uh, down the line. I, I have no doubt that you're going to come through this and that you're going to come out of this. And when you do, it's only going to make you a stronger woman and a stronger spirit-fed woman of God. It's going to build and add on to your faith. And I believe that it'll even have a, a powerful effect on your kids and your family. And hopefully it's going to be able to help some. My story is going to help someone else. Amen. So we're going to continue to uh, stay, you know, in tuned to uh, your story. We're going to continue to keep praying for you, Puff. And we want you to continue to stay in touch with the Image Program. Um, You know, uh, if there's ever anything, you know, that I can do to help you, you know, I'm there for you. And, you know, I just hope and pray that uh, I'm able to actually uh, continue to be a part of, of helping you because you're a good person. I've known you since I was a kid. Uh, my brother, my whole family knows you. And, you know, all we know is is the good that we see now. Of course, nobody's perfect, but we definitely know that you are not a child abuser. So, uh, you know, that I mean, that's yeah, for sure. I'm, and, I'm just praying to have my day. My day, my day in court. Well, we appreciate you on the show and we're going to go to commercial break. Uh, We'll be back 
after these messages. We want to take this time to introduce and announce our sponsors for making this program possible. Tom Miller with Remax Realty, the Marriott Hotel West Des Moines, Brian Lee, owner of Doc's Lounge in Johnston, Mark Anthony Knowles, a.k.a. Tony Mack, Clipponomics Barbershop, Southside Des Moines, Iowa. We want to thank you all for making this program what it is. It's the Image Program, continuously changing the community. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is now that time. Time for the Image Show on 98.3 The Vibe. And we're back on The Image Show. I am Robert Pate, accompanied with Dr. Marvin DeGere, the director of the Evelyn K. Davis Center for Working Families. It's nice to have you in the studio today, Mr. DeGere. Thanks for having me, Mr. Pate. And we just want to talk a little bit about uh, the Evelyn K. Davis Center for Working Families and some of the different uh, core values programs that it offers here in the state of Iowa, as well as the inner city. I understand that uh, this is a 501c3 nonprofit organization uh, designed not only to help the society and the people in society, but also uh, to create opportunities for careers. Could you tell us a little bit about the Evelyn K. Davis Center for Working Families? Uh, yes, so the Evelyn K. Davis Center for Working Families is actually a center under Des Moines Area Community College in partnership with United Way of Central Iowa. And we opened in August of 2012. And since then, we have served a little over 20,000 individuals. Um, we've been able to pretty much place nearly 2,000 individuals in jobs, help a little over 3,000 individuals improve their financial situation, and really just trying to help stabilize families within the community and, and really help move people to long-term careers. The uh, core services that we provide at the center uh, is, one, connecting people to income work supports, and that could range from just helping people to find uh, utility rental assistance to assistance with transportation. And also, if they're starting a new job, we can help them with interview clothes and also new work clothes if, if they've been working with us prior to. Uh, the next thing we do is we teach financial education and asset building. So this we have our financial coaches available that will provide you um, with help from credit repair, debt reduction, all the way to helping you build savings, helping you to buy a home, a car, whatever your uh, goals are, they can help you along that pathway through that space. And we also have boot camps, individuals for individuals to help them if they don't want to sit down one-on-one with one of our financial coaches. We also provide uh, help for small businesses to help them through our master business boot camp to help them to be uh, successful and be able to grow their business accordingly. And we also help smaller nonprofits that are getting started and, and really try to help them have the proper foundation to be able to build and grow from within those spaces. Uh, the last thing we do is connect people to whatever education, workforce training, sometimes just help with a resume to get to a livable wage career. Um, so those are the, the three core services that we operate from within all the programming that we provide for individuals and families. Wow, that's a mouthful, man. I mean, that's a lot of opportunity. We got uh, the reentry services, youth building, summer youth experiences, income and work support, benefits screening, job development, men on the move, uh, partnering for success, financial education and asset building, business coaching, financial coaching, financial fitness boot camp, master's business boot camp, nonprofit boot camp, education and workforce training. And I mean, I would imagine that these programs are probably pretty exciting uh, once you get into them. And the good thing about it is that they're all free. I mean, I don't think you can beat that. 
Uh, no, um, we definitely try to let people know that we are here for them. Uh, I still say we're probably one of the best kept secrets in, in the greater Des Moines metro area. A lot of people feel like they may find out about one of the services that we provide. Say, you know, somebody say, oh, if you need a job, go to the MK Davis Center. So if they feel like they're not looking for a job, that we may not have any other services for them. But what we try to let people understand is that we are there to meet you along the spectrum as you're moving down and trying to really understand what your long-term career is. So within this wide range of services just don't get caught up on the fact that we may not have the one thing that you that somebody may have told you about us before but we're really here to help you with every facet of, of life as you're moving forward so um, and it's free you're right the only thing we really ask for people is um, if you're you one walking in the door and you're committed to wanting to improve or or move forward in life and, and help improve your own quality of life and and your time that's really all we require for you is the time to commit and and show up and and stick with the plans that we lay out with your with your input along the way well, that's great and dr. DeJure, we've talked about uh, these programs and I think that one of the keys to being successful in life is to be able to change your career throughout your life because most people I can't remember the stats right off my the top of my head but I know that the average working citizen changes his career at least twice maybe three times throughout their lifetime isn't that correct um, if you've done the research I'll agree with you on that mr. Pate um, the main thing is at the center where we really help. We have our youth programming so we can help youth from ages of 14 to 21 get maybe that first job experience. We have a wide range of training opportunities through Youth Build and, and the Workforce Training Academy to help people maybe in that, that secondary phase of looking for um, higher wages, which could range from construction to uh, welding, CDL classes, medical billing clerk, um, a wide range of industrial painting, um, maintenance workers and such. So we really try to help everyone along each phase from helping maybe we get that first job, that entry-level position, and then really start to upskill you and, and move you into uh, those livable wage career opportunities as well. Now, Dr. Desheer, I want to talk a little bit about the reentry services. Mm -hmm. uh, for guys coming out of prison, uh, probation, institutions, things like that, would they just come down to the Evelyn K. Davis Center for Working Families, sign up and say, hey, yeah, I would like some information on reentry? I mean, what is the process? Um, so it, it doesn't matter if, um, if they're just returning citizens or, or, or anybody in the community, we, we have a walk-in uh, basis. You can set an appointment up if you like, but you can walk in and, and we're there to work with you as soon as you walk in the door. Um, as far as from a reentry standpoint, we really try to help young men and women that are, are returning uh, citizens first to uh, help them get stabilized because we understand that depending on how long you may have been incarcerated, that when you when you first get released, things are really moving at a faster rate than maybe um, when you previously were, were out. And so we really try to focus Focus on the foundation, just getting you stabilized, making sure that you have all the um, the everyday needs addressed, and then really start to walk with you and help create a plan with the employment pieces and, and starting to make sure that they understand the financial plans that they need along with that as well. Because what we see sometimes, whatever cost they may have incurred while incarcerated, fines and just different things they may owe as far as probation or parole, we know that sometimes those those costs and things could can become very daunting and, and start to um, really see don't really see a light of the a lot at the end of the tunnel for those instances. So we try to not only get them a job, but also help them have a plan 
to where they can actually execute and be able to take care of these costs and, and really see what the future could look like for them moving forward. That's great. The Evelyn K. Davis Center for Working Families, 801 University, Des Moines, Iowa, Suite 3. Phone number 515-697-7700. And speaking of jobs, I noticed that the work fairs and the different opportunities for employment, I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I witnessed for myself different employers that was there. And I actually seen over at least 70 people walk in. And I think almost everyone that I could remember either said that they got hired right on the spot or that uh, there was some kind of lead that led to some other opportunities. But uh, could you tell us a little bit about the work fairs, uh, how often they're there and uh, the the jobs that are available at the Evelyn K. Davis Center for walk-ins? Mm-hmm. So we have a uh, monthly job fair. It's every, the, every, every fourth Wednesday of the month, and it starts at around 930 and last until about 1.30. And we have a wide range of employers on a monthly basis. Uh, we have relationships, for example, with Hy-Vee, uh, UPS. We have different ones. So, But along the way, what we do is make sure that the employers that are coming to the center actually are providing livable wages. We really don't let them come in if they're just offering minimum wage opportunities. And that's even from the temp agencies and others that we work with along the way. For example, sometimes too, we also have, I guess you say, special job fairs just for specific partners. So uh, last month, we had an example a, a job fair for a high V, and we had over uh, 200 applicants walk in the door that day um, looking for opportunities. For example, High V just opened up a new uh, commissary in Ankeny, and so they're looking for 150 people. So yesterday was another example where you had um, they hired at least uh, I think it was 15 individuals that walked in off the street just to uh, start working at High V yesterday. Wow, that's incredible! And I understand the Evelyn K. Davis Center for Working Families also provides resumes that you know to prepare for the job. And as you spoke a little bit about uh, the boot camp earlier, could you describe what are these uh, boot camps about? So we have a, a range of different uh, boot camps and, and classes for individuals and small business owners. So we also we have um, specifically uh, PREP, which is our professional readiness experience program, where we will help you to develop the work readiness skills and, and prepare you for that job interview. So we work with Dress for Success in that phase and, and really try to make sure that you're up to speed on, on the skills you need to actually be successful in the workplace. But then we also offer boot camps for small business owners that are just getting started or have been in business maybe for just a year or two and really try to help them get the foundations they need in place and, and connections um, with different accountants and, and financial institutions and even marketing from some standpoints just to make sure that they can actually grow their business in the in, in the right way and make sure that they're successful moving forward for the long term. Um, we also, again, provide the similar services for uh, smaller nonprofits that are just getting started or thinking of starting to make sure that they have the proper foundations in place to uh, be successful growing those nonprofits. And then we also, again, for like the financial pieces we offer uh, individual financial uh, financial fitness boot camps for individuals to learn not only about the things to be successful as far as managing their own individual budgets, but connecting them with financial institutions that are willing to give a lot of people a second chance once they complete our program. They get a certificate to where they can actually go and reopen a checking and savings account with our uh, financial partners if they have previously had, say, some, some bad instances with different uh, banks in the past. Incredible. So you're saying that uh, basically for the average citizen, uh, male or female, uh, they can come in, say they want to start their own nonprofit organization or start a business. They can come in there, get the help, the experience, the training needed, and uh, actually get started. 
We do help uh, individuals that are looking to help uh, to start their own businesses. Um, we do typically try to work with them before they go into the boot camps to try to, to try to have some previous experiences. But we do work with individuals that are looking to just start a business as well. So we can walk them through those steps and make sure that they are headed down the right pathway to get them into a better place before we, sometimes we place them into the boot camp, depending on uh, where they're at when they walk in the door and how much of a plan they have in place. And and this is all free at no cost. Uh, yes, it's all free. Actually, even for our business boot camps, for example, we actually provide small stipends for owners to take the time off to be able to come in and help grow their businesses as long as they complete all the uh, requirements and assignments that my team is having them to complete on a weekly basis during that time as well. Wow. Well, we sure appreciate all the information that you've shared with us. And it sounds like this is just a wealth of opportunity. The Evelyn K. Davis Center for Working Families. It doesn't get any better than that. I thank you very much, Dr. DeGier, for coming in today. And hopefully we'll look forward to continue to have you on the show and talk a little bit more about the success and the growth of the Evelyn K. Davis Center for Working Families. Thanks for having me. And I definitely look forward to coming back again and definitely have conversations about some other uh, initiatives and things that we're involved in with the uh, Director's Council around financial inclusion and one economy and some other things that we're working on. So look forward to coming back. Thank you. And I've got one more question before you go, Dr. DeJure. Now, for guys, gals, whoever that are interested in uh, trying to find a job, when is the next job fair going to be going on at the Evelyn K. Davis Center for Working Families? Uh, they be October 24th will be the, the next job fair that we have at the at the center. And that'll be that for again, it's always the fourth Wednesday of the month. So October 24th will be the next event, uh, next job fair. And in the meantime, we're also having an, an event with one of our partners, Principal Financial Group, on October 13th at the center from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., uh, where we'll be going and doing a deeper dive as far as uh, looking at what your financial security is for the long term and understanding the steps you need to have a retirement and just and be able to move yourself in a better place financially overall. So we look forward to that partnership with Principal. And that again, that's October 13th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., even before we get to the job fair. Well, I sure appreciate all that information, and I'm sure that all the listeners out there appreciate it, too. If you are interested in participating in any of the Evelyn K. Davis Center for Working Families programs, please feel free to call 515-697-7700. The address, 801 University Avenue, Des Moines, Iowa. Thanks a lot for your time, Dr. Jajir. We're going to go to a commercial. Coming up next, we'll speak with the co-founder of God's Outreach Deliverance International Church and Senior Pastor Joanna Davis. We'll be back after these messages. We want to take this time to introduce and announce our sponsors for making this program possible. Tom Miller with Remax Realty, the Marriott Hotel, West Des Moines, Brian Lee, owner of Doc's Lounge in Johnston, Mark Anthony Knowles, a.k.a. Tony Mack, Cliponomics, Barbershop, Southside, Des Moines, Iowa. We want to thank you all for making this program what it is. It's the Image Program, continuously changing the community. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is now that time. Time for the Image Show on 98.3 The Vibe. And we're back. You're tuned into the Image Show. I am Robert Pate. 
accompanied in the studio now with us is co-founder, God's Outreach Deliverance International Church and senior pastor, Joanna Davis. Joanna, it is a pleasure and honor to have you here in the studios today. Thank you. I feel very blessed and privileged to be here with you. Great. Uh, Joanna, can you tell us a little bit about your experience in the ministry, a little bit about your story as it relates to reentry, kind of the uh, ups and downs and walks of your life and how the direction that you actually took? Let's see. I was uh, highly addicted to uh, crack cocaine and alcoholism. I had a 15-year addiction. Um, I found myself in many places, um, homeless, eating out of garbage cans and sleeping on park benches. I had also uh, experienced losing my child to the system, the Department of Human Services, to later realize that something desperately needed to change. I uh, struggled with um, getting clean. I did like 12 treatment centers, um, and I finally realized that it wasn't really necessary the treatment center that was going to change me, I needed to change. And so I took the necessary steps to do so by remaining clean and then to just spend the time that was necessary for my life. A lot of people spend a lot of time when they're getting clean from drugs and alcohol and NA meetings and AA meetings and those kind of things. And I did attend some of those, but I found that for me personally, I needed something more than a treatment center. And so my um, I grew up in a Christian home. I had a grandmother that loved the Lord, and she spent lots of time with me teaching me about Jesus. So when I realized that um, the treatment centers wasn't really fitting the person that I am, I uh, soon um, realized that I needed to get back into church. And so I spent... um, time in the church, um, building myself up and realizing that God had a bigger plan for me. Wow. And when would you say you discovered your self-identity? When did you discover who you were, that you had a calling on your life and that you had to actually just represent the person that God created you to be? I would say um, that I really discovered that in 2007. And could you take us through that experience? Well, um, I had um, several encounters with the Lord. I know a lot of people don't necessarily believe in those things, but I had um, spiritual awakenings, um, visitations from the Lord, along with um, experiencing angels, just uh, things that a lot of people don't always get an opportunity to experience. Uh, But the Lord um, definitely gave me an encounter of who he was, and uh, it opened my eyes to a whole nother whole nother world and that was the kingdom of God. Amen. You know, I'm so glad to have you on in the studio on this show because you've been at some of the image program events, you've gave your testimony and it's it's always so exciting to listen to you talk about uh, your experiences like you said, you, you felt the angels kind of calling you and you felt that uh, these were some of the different signs that you had to actually take a grasp on your spirituality and rather than run from it, actually confront it, deal with it and start living it. Now, most people understand how important it is to to live a righteous life, to uh, go to church, to read your Bible. But when it comes to actually living it, and when I, I say that, I mean, you know, nobody's perfect, but actually living a life without committing Adultery, fornication, and uh, indulging in, in in just sinful acts repeatedly, practicing it. How hard was that for you to transform? Well, I think that for everybody, we all go through 
uh, the stages of change. And um, many a times I failed. Um, to be quite honest, I wasn't, uh, it was hard because at some point in your life, you know, you know, you want to walk with God, you want to live right, you want to have all these great things happen, but you still have darkness, you still have those things that you haven't yet to really overcome. And so it took me a little while. I, I would say once I started walking with the Lord, I made many mistakes, and but it was through my mistakes that I realized that it was still possible. The God that I serve is a God of mercy and grace, and uh, it was His grace that was sufficient, and so I would just pick myself back up, and um, then I was called into pastoring in 2012, and my whole life transformed to a point where I got it opened up doors and made things possible for me. I didn't look back at my mistakes. I didn't look back at, oh, okay, she's, you know, a Christian, she's smoking cigarettes, you know, things like that. I realized that in 2012, God was really opening up a door and opportunity to me. And truly, I had let go of those things so that I could fulfill my calling, my mandate that God had for me. And what would you say that was one of the hardest things to overcome in your spiritual walk? Uh, I think the hardest thing for me to overcome, um, well, there's probably a couple things, to be honest. I I had a, I struggled with, like, smoking cigarettes. I struggled with just the family dynamics because I have children. And, um, you know, the Bible is very clear that we can't spend a lot of time pleasing man. We must please God. And so my biggest struggle was family, trying to, because I had chosen a certain walk. And, you know, you got those other family members that still party and drink and, you know, you know, they curse and they do all these things and you still want to be around your family and you're trying to find ways to do that without causing some type of confrontation or, you know, offending people. Right. You know, and since you're a pastor, I feel like I can just kind of open up with you, uh, even right here over there, just because it's so real. Uh, I remember at 14 years old when I got saved, I found out that fornication was wrong. I didn't I didn't even know what fornication meant. And because I was practicing it at 14 years old, uh, once I discovered that it was a sin, that premarital sex was actually a sin, I was kind of devastated. I mean, nobody ever taught me that. And all throughout my college years, uh, you know, all throughout my adulthood, just up until recently, I really battled with that. You know, I yes. felt like uh, I, I felt like because it's not talked about in churches that much, although it was talked about in my church. But I mean, in society, it's not talked about. I mean, you know, they, they sell condoms just, you know, loosely. I mean, in any kind of store, gas stations, bathrooms. And to actually uh, be in the studio with a pastor, how important is it for us to really understand the devastation of fornication and adultery. Well, that's a really, really big topic when it comes to just the society itself, because people, you know, it's acceptable. It's acceptable to fornicate. It's acceptable to commit adultery. However, um, the Bible is very clear that when we practice those things, um, they are their sins, and those are sins that will not allow us into the kingdom of God. And so uh, back to the question of how important it is not to do those things, it's important not to because it doesn't give you an open door to heaven. It actually sends you, it sends you to hell. And a lot of people don't want to talk about it because... You know, they want to think of God as this loving God, and he is loving, but he's also a God of correction. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you that you spoke on that because uh, that's one of those sins that I've, I've battled with throughout my life. And I finally uh, been able to 
stare it dead in the eye and take control. So um, a lot of my friends don't understand it. Uh, a lot of females that I encounter with, uh, friends, they, they just don't understand stuff like that. And a lot of them do understand it, but they don't want to deal with it or they don't want to talk about it. So I've, uh, I've been practicing uh, trying to stay abstinence of fornication. And as I continue to grow in my spiritual walk, I, I just want to do things right. I, I want to make sure that I get into the kingdom of heaven. I want all of my Christian brothers and sisters uh, to do the same. And so, you know, I always like to bring up topics that are deep, but at the same time, uh, you know, that are important. Well, I think you have the key word. You want to do things right. We have to remember that the God that we serve is a righteous God. And because he's righteous, um, we have to be in right standings with him. And being in right standings with him is to obey God and to follow his commands. And as we continue to walk our walk with God, as we become, you know, stronger in our belief and in our relationship with him, we don't we don't desire those things. We want to be able to please him and please only him. And so I would encourage you to continue to seek God in all that you do. And um, whenever you feel weak, just know that he's made strong and just keep keep your eyes on him. Keep seeking him. Keep reading the word. Keep, you know, uh, indulging in that word. Eat that word like it's the best cake you ever had, uh, because honestly, the word of God is the only thing that gives us life. Correct. Correct. Uh, we're going to take a commercial break and we'll be back. Joanna Davis, ladies and gentlemen, here on The Image Show. We want to take this time to introduce and announce our sponsors for making this program possible. Tom Miller with Remax Realty, the Marriott Hotel, West Des Moines, Brian Lee, owner of Doc's Lounge in Johnston, Mark Anthony Knowles, a.k.a. Tony Mack, Clipponomics, Barbershop, Southside, Des Moines, Iowa. We want to thank you all for making this program what it is. It's the Image Program, continuously changing the community. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is now that time. Time for the Image Show on 98.3 The Vibe. And we're back. You're tuned into the Image Show. Uh, we are still in the studio with Joanna Davis here, the co-founder of God's Outreach Deliverance International Church. And Pastor Davis has been spending time talking about her testimony and how it relates to just life in general. Joanna, I would like to ask a question. It's kind of a deep question, but as a female, for all the females that are out there listening, what would you say was one of the most life-changing events that's occurred in your life that has ultimately hindered the choices that you made growing up that you had to overcome? I would say um, there's, there's a few things. It started with not having my father. My father was an alcoholic, and he wasn't present in my life very much. And so having the the emptiness of not having a father really affected me, along with the fact that I was a child um, that experienced molestation at a young age, and not just by a stranger, but by family members. Wow. And so it really took a turn for my life. I really didn't know that it, it affected me like that until later on in the years of my life. You know, that is so crazy that you say that, because the time that I spent in prison, it was one of the scariest things that I feared was I have twin daughters and they were only six years old when I left. And one of the things that worried me every night when I went to bed, I would ask God to protect those girls from 
predators. And I'm thankful and I thank God that I got out. And that was one of the first talks that I had with him was just to make sure that no one ever touched him or, you know, hurt him or anything like that. But I've heard so many stories that I've just been blinded to throughout my life about females who have been molested by family members, by, you know, dads. And it just blows me away. And I would imagine that's what ultimately causes a lot of dysfunctionalism. Yes, I believe that started a course of low self-esteem, lack of identity. It sheltered me into a place of isolation. It also, um, when I became a little older, I became rebellious. I also became very promiscuous. I think that sometimes when someone goes through that type of um, situation, it can either, you know, it does all kinds of things. And the most part was I lost my identity. I didn't know who I was. And I was always trying to find who I was. And so that's why I believe it led me down to a road or a path of sex, drugs, alcohol, fornicating, you know, doing all those things. I also ended up um, in the lifestyle of being an exotic dancer for 17 years. And that's really where my drug addiction started was when I got deeper into the uh, lifestyle of being an entertainer and then learning how to manipulate, uh, basically getting what I wanted, um, not realizing that all of that was eventually going to catch up with me. And I ended up on the other side of the tracks. And that's where my drug addiction got out of control. And I spent all those years doing crack cocaine and alcohol. And I even dabbled in meth and different things like that. But through it all, I wouldn't I wouldn't change it. I'm grateful for it because it's truly helped me to really identify who I am because now I know who I'm not. And so the Lord has blessed me. Like I said before, uh, the Lord has opened up doors for me uh, to help people. My life experiences help people, and along with uh, knowing that God is leading me and guiding me. And it's also taken me to different countries. I've also um, been in Mexico, Guatemala. I've done Trinidad, Tobago, just helping uh, young women in those countries as well because they struggle with those things. And Joanna, what kind of message would you leave to the females out there that have been victimized by uh, sexual molestation, either by family members or friends that are maybe holding that inside and have not let it out. And it's causing behavioral problems in their life, whether they're young, whether they're older. It doesn't matter how old or, or their age. Just what would be your advice to those women out there that are going through stuff like that? Well, first of all, I want to say to any woman that is out there that is struggling with uh, that type of situation, um, whether you've been molested or raped, had uh, your personal space invaded, I would tell you that all you have to do is call on Jesus because he's always there. He may It may not seem like he isn't, but he is there. And then I would find a good church, someone that I could confine in to help me get through that. Um, but I, the best advice I can give that woman that may be out there right now is to call on the Lord and um, ask him to help you. Ask him to um, guide you to the right places that you need to be. And the Lord will heal you. Like I said, I'm in my late 40s now. And that happened to me when I was a young girl. And um, the one thing I do know is that I'm set free from it. And only Jesus did it. 
Amen. Joanna Davis, this has been a privilege to have you on the show. Pastor Joanna Davis, we will continue to stay in touch. You know that our Image Program Talent Show will be open to the community at the Des Moines Social Club on October 20th. That's a Saturday at 7.30 p.m. And Pastor Davis, would you like to close us out in a word of prayer? Okay, wonderful. Father God, we just come before you right now, and we just want to thank you, Lord, for just uh, being here with us, being with your people, being uh, with those that are listening today. Lord, I pray a blessing over their lives, and I just ask, God, that you would just open up doors of opportunity and blessings to them, Lord. Father, I pray for those that um, are listening that um, that this would uh, change their lives and that, that they would realize that it's time to just simply turn back to God. It's, it's, it's time for them to seek you. Lord, and to turn from every wicked way, and Lord, that they would repent, and they would say, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to give my life to you. I'm ready to walk this path that you designed for me. And so, Father, I just pray now in the mighty name of Jesus that these things would take place for your people. And I pray, God, for the image program. I lift the image program up to you, Lord, and I just ask, Lord, that this program will continue to bless the lives of your people. And so, Father, as we continue out our day, we just know, Lord, that you love us, you care for us, and that um, you're always with us because your word tells us that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And so, Father, thank you for being our Father, and thank you for loving us and always keeping us safe. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. And thank you all for joining us. This is The Image Show. We'll see you next week. Have a blessed week. <laughs>